Hello, leaders. Welcome to the Influential Project Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Nitchin, and I work for a national construction management firm with over $300 million built in state-of-the-art projects. In each episode here, I share insights, strategies, and real-world experiences to help you become more influential and informed so you can provide what's most desirable, predictable outcomes. This show is dedicated to project managers and business professionals everywhere who desire to lead and make an impact. The world truly needs your leadership here. So thank you for joining me today, and let's do as great PMs do and make it happen. Matt Graves, uh, welcome to the show, man. Uh, it's been quite a journey, I think, just these last few months, at least from my perspective, watching you grow online and first meeting you online. But I appreciate you coming to the show. So hope you guys are having a good day and hope you are ready for this. How you yeah, doing, Matt? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to finally connect. We've, uh, we've chatted back and forth quite a bit on there, so it's good to actually meet you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is it's pretty... Uh, Pretty pivotal for me because you're the one that actually introduced me to Substack by finding your newsletter, The Construction Curiosities, which I love. And it led me to starting my own Substack and my own newsletter about project management, leadership and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's been a game changing thing. And I've actually fallen in love with the newsletter business model and the whole concept itself. It's wild. How's your experience been? It's been cool. Like I saw some people, so I, it kind of started with, I I started a blog in 2020 and it kind of fell apart. Um, I didn't really put a lot of effort into it after a few months. So anyway, put that aside. And then I started, saw all these other people doing these newsletters. They weren't really in the construction industry, but I saw a bunch of people doing the newsletters like you're talking about. And I was like, man, I could do that. I could probably knock one of those out in a week or an hour every week. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, no, it takes me a lot longer than that. As you know, how it goes now. But anyway, so I started it and it's, I started it and I just, it was kind of a, a reinforced habit of writing I wanted to do. Like, it's like, all right, I'll give myself a deadline every, every week, right? I have to hit send once a week. So it'll force that habit I wasn't wanting to do. But then just as it's been growing and the people I've been meeting, like I've met you and I've met a, like a ton of other people and people want to come on and do an interviews and it's now leading to a podcast we're about to launch. And like, yeah. it's just, it's created a community and that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it is super cool and I've been loving it and your, your messaging is excellent on there. So anyone is, wants to check out improving yourself or learning about construction, construction management, construction industry, give that a check. We'll link it up in the show notes and stuff like that. But let's start from the beginning and your origin story a little bit, Matt. Tell us a little bit about how you got into the construction industry, what you're doing right now and kind of where you're taking this newsletter. Yeah, so I got in the construction industry. Um, it really kind of started as in high school. I worked for my dad doing underground. They did a, uh, you know, utility work, underground fiber construction, trenching and directional boring. And then one summer they got a house, and they were we basically spent all summer flipping this house, remodeling it to flip it. And I was like, man, this is awesome. I love this. And so I went to college doing civil engineering because I thought that was the path to be a custom home builder for some reason. Mm-hmm. You're 18, you have no clue what you're doing. So. <laughs> I got halfway through engineering school and I was like, screw this. I don't want to be a, you know, a civil, a proper civil engineer. And then, so you could tailor your last year, year and a half to, you could pick your specialty, right? You could do transportation or geotech or structures. And I chose construction project management. So I went that route, got out of school in 2010, just as we was kind of coming out of the recession and it was super hard to find a job. 
I got on with a real small company doing vehicle barriers, um, crash-rated products. We were doing like a lot of, I got a, got a crash course in federal contracting. We did a lot of military bases, FBI buildings, GSA buildings, stuff like that. So learned all that. I left there, went to work for a mechanical and plumbing subcontractor, project manager. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm working for an a, uh, owner's rep firm as a project manager. So you're on the owner side. Um, yep. How's that? Is there any like standout differences from being on the the installing side or general contracting uh, side? Yeah, well, I, I skipped over general contracting. I went from basically subcontractors to the owner side, and so I've seen I've seen both ends of the general contractor, right? <laughs> but no, it's been it's been cool. I mean, you get to see the whole process because you don't see the whole process when you're a subcontractor, right? You don't really. Sometimes you'll be a part of the design, if, you know, depending on the, the contracting method and that sort of stuff. But even then, it's real high level, right? But so it's to really see the whole thing go from literally like inception all the way to completion. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like that's the, the highest level perspective you can get. So you probably see like the broad landscape of things uh, mm-hmm. as, you know, the trends and how it's developing on the design side and construction. So that's cool. Is Would you say that the... The project management, there's a lot of overlap in, in project management principles there. I think so. There's some overlap. I mean, when you talk about budgeting, right? Like say when you're a mechanical subcontractor or subcontractor in general, you're really concentrated on output and really concentrating on, you know, like how much, you know, how much pipe you're putting in the air, how much duct work you're doing. You're, you're really managing your labor. And then when you go to the owner side, like I'm just trying to make sure you're on schedule. Like I don't really care how many pieces of pipe you put in the air today necessarily. Mm-hmm. As long as you're trending on schedule. And then so you're budgeting even, you know, it's more, you know, higher level. Awesome. All right. Well, let's kind of wanted to take this. Um, well, I want to switch gears to our next topic, and that is the construction industry and kind of the position it's in currently. Mm-hmm. I think what we see on LinkedIn and everyone really from the boots on the ground perspective is that there's a lot of challenges in construction. There's a lot of, you know, waste and issues and processes that we can fix. I think everyone thinks and feels that we can all get better and and do better. That's kind of from what I'm seeing at my perspective. What do you think some of the biggest challenges are in the industry? Just a couple of them or a few of them that come top of mind for you? Well, right now we're in a a really unique time with, you know, coming out of COVID, coming out with all the supply chain stuff. Um, you know, if we had this conversation three years ago or four years ago, it'd be a completely different conversation, but I'm sure you see it on your project where your projects, where it's, you know, you, you order a generator and you hope to get it this year, you know? So yeah. you're really having to be creative with how you sequence your work just based on where you can get the materials. That's been a, a really, uh, interesting, you know, well, we can't really do this cause we can't get that for, you know, 40 weeks. So you're just having to really kind of sequence things in a creative way. Obviously, labor is a struggle. You know, there's a lot of people leaving the industry and work's not slowing down. And so it's, you know, need to ramp up more and more. Yeah. Would you say that, like you're saying, leaving the industry as in retiring from the industry and there's not a there's not a younger generation backfilling that? That's a narrative anyway, right? It's. I mean, I see labor issues on our projects where, you know, we could have 200 guys on site and they can only, only pull 120 or something, you know, those sort of things, right? And so it's one thing, I think it's, you know, we're in the Houston area and the Houston area is booming. So everyone's, you know, there's a lot of work to go around. So it's just, everyone's spread thin. I don't really have any, you know, I don't have the stats really to say that I'm seeing the retirement and not the backfill, but Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what, that's what I hear everywhere. Right. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I'm seeing is that there isn't enough, especially the young millennials and younger mm-hmm. construction just really isn't that sexy of a of a career of a, Hey, you can't work from home doing that. It's, you know, there's those, there's other narratives that don't align with, with, I guess that. Mm-hmm. So it takes me to kind of the bulk topic that I want to talk to you about. Cause you created this awesome post that I think initially caught me on to your newsletter, which was the 22 hacks uh, to win as a young construction professional. I want to go through each one if if you can and touch on each one because uh, I have a similar mission and I want to kind of push that to the industry and get more young professionals in here. And first, that involves, I think, first of all, making it attractive so they get in there. That's a separate issue. But then training them once they mm-hmm. do get in here. I think that's those are two things that the industry will be faced with. So let's start with, I guess, those. First of all, why, what made you create that post? Uh was there some some things you were seeing, or so when I got out of school, I went to work for a real small company, right? And basically, just got thrown into the fire. And I've seen that happen to a lot of companies. For every large contractor that really trains their people well, there's I don't know, say 500 small contractors that are maybe they're trying, maybe they just don't have the resources, they don't have the know-how, they don't really they're not really training the people that well. So that's really something I guess with the, most of my content I've been putting out is really trying to I guess help the next generation and you know just whatever guidance and. You know, I've been doing this for 13 years now, um, kind of yeah. out of school and stuff. So I've seen some things. I know some things. And so trying to, like, help other people just if I can shorten their learning curve just a, just a little bit or give them one thing, one little insight, maybe it'll help them out. And they can, that was sort of the genesis of all that sort of content, which led to this, that one post you're talking about. Awesome. Well, it was great. Let's, let's dive into it because I want to, I want to spread that, that message and um, help level up that next era of, of leaders. So number one, we got RTFC, <laughs> <laughs> which stands for read the effing contract. <laughs> so tell us about that. So that was actually, I went to a, like it was Institute of Project Managers, Management, uh, like week long course. And they had a guy come in, I think he was actually an attorney by trade, but he was like coming in and teach us like contracting tips. And that was essentially the, what he wrote on the board. That was the whole thesis of his you know, two hour lecture was like, he wrote on the board, RTFC, read the effing contract. And basically the moral of the story was like, it doesn't matter what you do in your last contract. It doesn't matter what you normally do on other contracts. It doesn't matter what's industry standard. You got to do what that document says, you know, and the plans and specs is all tied together, but you got to do what your contract says you're going to do. And so most people don't read it. They just assume, right? Well, this is what we always do. And so... That's cool. Um, which brings me to a memory of my one of my first mentors in in the industry. Uh, he always said, hey, "You know what, Kyle? You're not a you're not a project manager. You're a risk manager." And mm-hmm. that's what I think this first one is really, really honing in on because you're the guy who was putting up that class was probably saying, "Manage your risk. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Your risk is right here." Um, so this is like your playbook. That contract's like your playbook. It tells you the, the yeah. who, the what to do, when to do it, why to do it. And that's when that's where people go to when, when things go wrong. So yeah. protect yourself. Um, oh, yeah. And everyone's – I mean there's a lot of people that are waiting just to hit you with the contract too. They're waiting for you to, to screw up so they can say, nope, you didn't get your billing in on time. You got to skip this month, right? And it's like, oh, man. like yeah. There's some people that play that game, so you gotta you gotta know what the rules are. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
All right. Number two, we got take notes. Your memory sucks. You will forget a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm even bad about it today, right? You sit in a meeting and like, yep, 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 I got it. And then, you know, a week goes by and you've had a 500 other fires and you go back, man, what did we talk about on that you know, phone call or that meeting? So yeah. it's always kind of, you know, make notes, take notes. And because, um, you know, sometimes it feels like you're drinking from a fire hose, right? There's so much mm-hmm. information coming out at you that um, you're going to forget what somebody told you or, you know. Absolutely. There's conversations happening on every medium, text messages, phone calls, emails, meetings, mm-hmm. Microsoft Teams, Slack, uh, you know, <laughs> whatever. I mean, there's a million things and they're flying across your desk and you have the the pressure of putting that on. So, yeah, note taking, making a little third brain somewhere so you're not putting some pressure all on yourself. And yeah, that's key. Three, we got a, keeping a to-do list, which is similar along those lines. Yeah, which, so it's, I mean, I was going to say, it's, I mean, that's a, it sounds simple, right? You know, everybody keep a to-do list. But talk, I worked with a project manager in the past, and he basically said, I knew when somebody was able to get promoted from assistant PM to a project manager when they could keep a to-do list. And not like a just a simple, like, if I give you your uh, task, you write them down, but you basically can create your to-do list. Like, you know yeah. what you got to do. You got, you know, you know the steps to get your job done. Yeah. And so it sounds so simple, but if you can't, if you can't build out your own to-do list, then you got to yeah. get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give somebody an outcome and watch them organize their list to get to that outcome. Right. Yeah. That, that's a good sign of a promotion right there. What about four, which is a follow-up is that's keeping a follow-up list. I think this actually came from David Allen's Getting Things Done book. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've read that one. I yeah. think it came from there. It's been a long time since I've read it. I took a lot of principles. Yeah. But essentially what ends up happening is, you know, I may send you an email and say, hey, Kyle, I need X, Y, and Z. And I got it off my to-do list, right? I got it with Kyle. Well, Kyle dropped the ball. He never got back to me. And so a week goes by, two weeks go by, a month goes by, and now the whole project maybe come to a standing halt because I let Kyle drop the ball, right? So mm-hmm. if I don't keep a follow-up list of saying, okay, well, I passed this ball to Kyle. I need to follow up with him in a, you know, put a little tickler, right? Follow up with him in a week. Yeah. And so, hey, how's it coming? So, you know, especially if you're delegating work, right? You just got to, you know, just as a follow-up. Yeah. I love that. Uh, next one is you'll probably get yelled at. Don't take any of it personally. <laughs> That's great advice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times you got yelled at. A few. <laughs> well got to think about that i mean a, a good handful and i i probably deserved it but yeah especially when you're learning right and you got that old uh cranky superintendent who's under pressure and he's been doing this and he's dealt with you know 50 other green project managers and you know yeah. as you're coming up like people are under pressure and they're they're gonna let it fly at you sometimes so just don't take it personal um, yeah i think that's key especially for young people coming in the industry, a lot of pressure. It's a pressure filled industry mm-hmm. delivering a, a building or some, something like that. And everything that goes into it, the amount of people involved and money that's on the line, it gets like that. And yeah, don't take any of it personally. It's, it's good advice. I think the industry is changing a little, like kind of that, that stereotypical, typical cranky, you know, old old man superintendent like it's kind of the industry's changing right like not everybody you walk in the job site not everybody's screaming at each other where mm-hmm. i mean hell even 10 years ago i feel like it was a different you know different industry but um 
but still it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But, and one thing I would like to add on that, cause I tell this to, to people on my team as well, is that you should be push. You should be pushing hard enough that you're making mistakes. You're, you're mm-hmm. putting yourself out there. And yeah, some of it, if you go a little too far and it, it, you, you drop the ball and cause you're, you're taking on so much or you're absorbing so much and it, you get yelled at for that, shake that off. Like you said, don't right. take it personally. But that is also a could be a good sign that you're you're pushing the boundaries a little bit, especially you know if you're taking on a lot. Yeah, you definitely got to keep pushing forward. Um, you know, you can get ten things done in a day, or you can get one done perfectly. Right? Well, you're not going to survive if you only get one done. So yeah. Okay, what do we got next here? Uh, Twenty-two hacks to win as a young construction professional. I think we are on seven. Every day you'll you'll hear something that you don't know what it means. Write it down. Google it. So this still happens with me today. Um, I'm googling stuff in every day, and I'm you know I feel like I'm quote experienced, right? I've been doing you know I've been in the industry for 13 years out of school, but especially when I started out, you know I was working for a niche contractor doing federal work, like I said, and everybody you talked to had nothing but acronyms to say. Mm-hmm. They talked in acronyms and it was in words I didn't know. So I'd sit in a meeting and uh, I'd be taking my notes and on the margin of my paper, I would just, any word I heard or acronym I heard that I didn't know what it meant, I'd just write it down. Mm-hmm. In some meetings, my whole, the whole margin would just be a list of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd just go back to my desk and start Googling stuff and just trying to learn, okay, start p- putting the pieces of, of the puzzle together. So Love it. Yeah, because there's so much you're, you're not going to know. There's so much that you're just going to have to listen to and be like, about right over the head Especially and then you're starting out you're starting out with a general contractor you're gonna to talk to the plumber and he's gonna be talking stuff way over your head right you're gonna go talk to the mechanical contractor he's gonna be saying something you're gonna to talk to the framer and it's just there's gonna be so much stuff going on yeah brings me reminds me something i remind people of is sets and reps uh you know take your time with don't think that you need to know all everything that everyone's talking about within the first three months of your career, mm-hmm. it's going to take years. So just think sets and reps on, on everything you do. Every job, right. you're going to pick up a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Just keep that momentum going. So next one here, this is a good one. Ask for honest feedback and constructive criticism. That's a good sign of someone that's got their uh, ego and humility in check. Yeah. So, I mean, just as you're going about it, right. I mean, you may think you're doing great or in, <laughs> may not be right and so uh, what i've seen too is a lot of project managers you may work as an assistant project manager or something like that project engineer you may be paired up with a project manager who may not be great at mentoring you he may not be great at you know providing you you know real-time feedback and so if you if you can kind of stop every now and then maybe go grab lunch you know ask hey how am i doing you know these submittals or i'm struggling with these submittals like what can i do better how you know and he'll if you, I think if you ask for it, most people want to help you, right? Yeah. Sometimes you just got to ask and they can maybe start giving you a little bit more guidance, right? Whenever they see, when they see you're wanting to take it on or wanting to learn more, almost everybody I know will be willing to just help you out. Yeah. And you'll, you'll stand out so quickly by doing something like that. Cause that's so rare. Mm-hmm. Somebody to just say, Hey man, I, I want to get better. Like, give it to me. What, what do I need to do? Where am I weak? <laughs> and that guy will go up to his boss and say, Hey man, this, this guy wants it. He'll do whatever. I, I mean, I just given him feedback and it made me feel really empowered by being able to coach and mentor him. That's something I've kind of, I've used as sort of like a, a measuring stick on if somebody wants it or not is like, if they have the, I've called it the give a damn, 
right? It's like some people just go through the motions. They they clock in, they clock out. But when people really, you know, quote, give a damn, you know, they're really trying to to grow and and uh, kind of get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Well, this goes right into the next one, which is uh, actually do something with that feedback. So you go ask for it, you get it. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> actually, put it in the put it in practice. Try to you know try to get better. Whatever they said. All right. Uh, talk to people with different trades and roles and learn what they do. So, yeah, I'm envisioning, you know, maybe an intern or project engineer, um, you know, maybe for a general contractor or hell, even as if you work for a subcontractor, you know, you got to know how you interact with the rest of the trades. You got to know how the building comes together. If you go talk to, if you work for an electrician, go talk to the plumber, understand how his pipes coming together, understand how it all pieces together. You know, then you can foresee what you need to do and how it'll, you know, how they kind of, it all works together, right? Um, so it's all kind of got to come together in one building. So until you can really understand how all the pieces of the puzzle come together and really, so that's different trades and different roles too. Like how does the foreman and the project manager interact and how does the superintendent, what's everyone's roles? How does, you know, how does all this come together? Yeah. What's the big picture? And I would say that that, that point too is also a construction project manager career hack. I would say if you want to hack, and accelerate your career path. Um, go right to the roles, go right to the trades and master it because then you become dangerous. Um, you, you know what you're managing. You can control because project management, I want to highlight this, is all about providing predictable outcomes. That's mm-hmm. it's really at the highest level. I think that's what it comes down to is predictable outcomes. And learning to control, manage, and understand, well, obviously, be you'll have so much more control over those outcomes. Next one, listen more than you talk. Uh, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, right? Um, very few people practice it, though. Everybody wants to get start talking and chatting, but you can really, I mean, especially if you're a, you know, a young professional, young guy coming up or gal coming up, and just be a sponge. Listen. You know, what does everybody have to say? Like, what are they doing? Ask questions and listen. When you totally. sit in meetings, you sit in like an OEC meeting or some other meeting or a trade meeting, like just, just soak it all in. Yeah. Two ears and one mouth. Yeah. <laughs> double, double that listening to speak. And that's also, I wrote a post all about this, about communication. Communicating is actually more of listening than it actually is talking. Um, that's the one kind of uh, the irony that it's I, hard I, to do. I like. It's very it hard is. to do. Yeah. All right. Next one here is ask more thoughtful questions when you talk. Another listen, another communication component. Yeah. So that kind of goes with, I kind of gave the teaser a second ago, but you know, especially it kind of all goes with, that was kind of a group, I guess, really when you're talking to the different trades and rules and learn what they do, right. You're really going to listen more than you talk to them. Don't tell, don't tell them if you're trying to learn from them, don't tell them about you yourself, you're like learn what they got. Mm-hmm. And then when you are talking to them, Try to really ask some thoughtful questions, right? Really ask, the, you know, don't just say, what are you doing? Well, I'm installing pipe. Okay, cool. Like, all right, well, no, how does the pipe, like, why are you doing it this way? How does it work? Like, you know, where's yeah. it going? And just kind of really start asking really thoughtful questions. <laughs> yeah. Say, I have this detail right here. How does that look like this? How, I mean, what, what is the connection here? You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Love that. Uh, next one, never say, I don't know. Go figure it out. Yeah, when I posted that one, I got a lot of grief on that one, right? Because a lot of people say, well, sometimes you got to say, I don't know. 
And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But yeah. it was kind of, but too many people just say, I don't know. Like, hey, can you do that? Like, how do you do that? Like, I don't know. Or, like, no one's done anything until they did it the first time, right? Yeah, the lazy I don't know versus the humble I don't know. Exactly. Like, if you try and you fail, you say, hey, I didn't know how to do this. Like, can you help me? That's one thing. But if somebody asks you to do something, just and you just by default say, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've met that guy before. I met that person. When you commit to do something, do it. And without having to be followed up on. A lot of times, you know, you'd be sitting in a meeting and they'll say, hey, Kyle, can you go call so-and-so and get the answer? You know, call the engineer and ask him to get this answer for us. And if you do it and come back, like, I mean, you did your job, right? You did what you did. You committed to do something and you did what you committed to. But if they have to keep following up with you, right, it kind of goes back to the follow-up list. But if you have to keep following up on somebody, you start to lose credibility. You start to lose, you know, they don't lose that trust. You just think, well, maybe I can't rely on this person if I need to get something done, I'm going to go to this other person that I know I can get, it'll get it done. So you'd be surprised too sometimes when, you know, if they ask you a question, especially if you say, ah, I don't know, I'll, I'll get you the answer. And it may not have been that big of a question for the other person. And they may actually forgot about it. But if you went and got the answer, you came back a week later and you tell them the answer, like, I mean, holy crap, this guy, he, he actually did what he said he was going to do. So yes. really wow some people. Absolutely. All right, I think we're at the last six or seven of 22 hacks for young construction professionals. Follow Dale Carnegie rule number one. Uh, don't criticize, condemn, or complain. Yeah, it's just a, that's just a cancer. Um, you know, you hear every project's got that guy who's just walking around criticizing and complaining about everything. And, you know, it's a team sport. You know, I mean, I think you've played sports, and if you're ever on a sports team and you got the guy always just – criticizing the coach and complaining about this and condemning that. It's just like, it's just a cancer. Like it's not good morale. Contribute to the, the mission or the team or, no. or the values of the project. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, what about uh, follow Johnny Smith rule number one to be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late. To be late is unacceptable. I haven't heard that before. I mean, so I love that. Johnny Smith was our rugby coach in college. Uh, I played rugby at Texas A&M and, it's funny when I put this online, I knew the people, I was waiting for some people to chime in and like, ah, Johnny. But, uh, that was his saying. I mean, you choked practice, right? And if you were late, you, you get it right. Showing it going, leaving to go to a game and away game. Right. Like it, that was just, it got beaten to your skull. <laughs> and so, yeah. And, uh, I still, I'm still not perfect with it, but it's etched into my soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a guy, uh, Guy that I worked for a while ago, he he was echoing that as well. I said, "Hey, you gotta, you want to move up, you want to succeed, you be a, be the first one here, be the last guy to leave." Mm-hmm. I mean, just like a work ethic reminder, you know. So love it. All right, what about the next one? Understand right, wrong, or indifferent. You will have to make a decision, make it well, and don't dwell. That's it's almost something that I struggled with, especially when I was younger. Is really kind of like they call it, you know analysis by or paralysis by analysis. Where like I got to make the perfect decision, right? But then you spend so much time making a decision on one problem or one issue, you got a whole stack of them. They're stacking up, and so it's really. I mean, you're gonna have to make quick decisions on stuff. Very few times is it life and death decisions, right? Um, but obviously, give as much attention as the problem deserves. But sometimes you just got to make a decision, move on. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's the wrong decision. Sometimes it's the right decision. Hopefully making more right decisions than wrong decisions. But mm-hmm. when you make a wrong decision, just say, hey, I screwed up. I, I messed up there. Let's make it right. 
but you can't just sit there and just dwell on it. And then when you yeah. do make a wrong decision, you know, make it right and move on. I think that leads right into the next one, which is you will make mistakes. No big deal. Just try not to make it twice. Make the same <laughs> one twice. Yeah, so I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, I think when I was writing this too, originally I was kind of <laughs> building it out, right? That's when it, you can almost see how my thought pattern was going. But uh, but yeah, um, I mean, you got to make mistakes, right? You're going to make the wrong decision. Um, learn from it. You know, learn a lesson, you know? Yeah. So that's the point of don't make the same one twice, right? Yeah. You do that, say, ah, oh, crap, don't do that again. <laughs> so hopefully you, you learn the lessons as you go. Yeah, that's when your credibility starts to get damaged if you're just making the same one, same mistake over and over. Mm-hmm. So key, key. All right, what about next? Be respectful for everyone, always. From the CEO, love this, to the day labor picking up the trash. Yeah. Yeah, so on any construction site, you're going to have every rank, essentially, right? The CEO, the president, the you know the owner of the building may come out there. All the mm-hmm. way down to, I mean, there's day laborers, right? That are hired, hired to come and just sweep the floor. Just be respectful of people. You know, it's just it's just the right thing to do. Yeah. That's a key leadership trait for any new leaders out there. Treat everyone the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's leadership. We have uh, be a contributing member to the team. Don't worry about who gets the credit. Love it. And so a minute ago, we are talking about it being a team sport. Um, I mean, you, you sort of win together, you lose together, right? It doesn't really matter. I mean, maybe the quarterback gets all the glory, but, you know, it took everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're the lineman, you still got to do your job to contribute to the team. So mm-hmm. construction is a team sport, um, whether it be, you know, within your own company's team, right? You're kind of small teams. But, I mean, you can't build a building without all the trades. You can't build a building without GC coordinating stuff. You know, you've got to have it all. Yeah. And so um, – it's really very rarely have I seen one trade or one contractor be successful when everyone else fails. It's you know it's kind of all or nothing. So mm-hmm. I want to add on to that because um, also another hack: if you want to like increase your influence in your environment or your influence on the project within your team on the people of the of the problems, if you want to influence those things. Do exactly what Matt's saying: is be a spotlight rather than someone that's taking the credit. Be a spotlight that that shines the credit on people give mm-hmm. credit where it's due then i mean you'll that is like a key to increasing your influence like people love that oh, 100%. Uh, so yeah that's like right along the same lines there next one here is realize that you'll never know it all even the 30 plus year experience guy learns something new every day that's something i mean i try to embrace it where i'm always googling something i'll go out and You'll be humble too to, to act, you know, to know you don't know everything. So when I go to a meeting and you're talking to somebody and, you know, I work for a mechanical contractor, I know how that trade works, mm-hmm. but everyone does it a little bit differently. Maybe this guy, he can teach me, you know, of some, a different way to do it or a different product or, a, you know, just don't be, just don't think you know it all. Once you think you know it all, you're done for, right? Yeah. The industry changing. There's new technologies. There's new ways to do stuff. There's new skills. There's new, you know, lean construction is taking over or starting to take over right there's new practices and the guys that have been doing it say 30 years right i mean the industry is different today than it was 30 years ago and they've had to evolve with it so yeah that continuous improving mindset lean Mm -hmm. you know the lean like you said all right um I think uh, number 21 is it's 2022, but it really is 2023 (laughs) now. Um, Everyone's burned out. Work with understanding uh, and empathy. So that's a good, that's an interesting one. 
you know, it's been a very long two to three years, really, with COVID and with the shutdowns and just all the all the political BS that's going on. Aside from you know the political, the health BS that's going aside from your day job, and all that's in, impacted our day jobs. And you know, lead times are crazy. You know, you call the factory and you can't get an answer, and so you know you're you're beating up the the subcontractor, but he can't get an answer, and so you know everyone's generally burned out. I've noticed. And so everyone, I think there for a while, a lot of contractors and architects and engineers, you know, through 2020, everyone was scared. They didn't know what was going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. so they were just getting backlog. So they, is, is everything going to shut down forever? You know, are we going to have work? Or am I going to have to lay people off? And so I especially saw that through, maybe we may be coming out of it now. It was getting to 23, but into 21, into 22, people were just grabbing backlog, right? Mm-hmm. Which spread them thinner and which um, maybe they were taking work that wasn't in their wheelhouse. They didn't have the expertise, right? They're, they do healthcare and they, they got a school, right? Because I just got to get to work. And so it's a little bit different. You know, they don't have, you know, that necessarily that skill set to do that. They don't have the people to do that. That's just kind of made things worse too. Yeah. And being empathetic to that. So yeah. great. I love that. That's uh, uh, that'll have you stand out and stand out as a leader. Definitely. If you just keep beating them up, right, you're not going to get anywhere with them. Um, so if you if you do approach the issues with understanding and empathy, you're going to get a lot more out of you know the people you're talking to as well. They want to you know if everyone's screaming at them and you're treating them fairly and empathetically, they may send their one crew to your job instead of the guy that's screaming at them, right? Because yeah. you kind of come in their buddy and like they want to help you out because they like you. So yeah. The relationship side of it, the people side of construction, I feel like, especially construction managers, we have to remind ourselves that we we don't we don't technically build the buildings. You know, we build the people that build the buildings. So that's we got to remember that. And I think, like you said, empathy is a way better long term solution, long term thing. You might get more in the short term if you're demanding and hammer slamming the hammer in the contract. But that guy's not going to want to see you next year on the next project. And it's even, you're talking about like as a construction manager, you don't build the project. You're building the people to build the project. When you go to the owner's rep side, you're even another step removed a little bit. So it's even your relationships are even stronger Yeah. because the contractor doesn't, you know, even the the people in the field, they don't work for me. They work for a general contractor. The general contractor doesn't work for me. They work for the owner, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so no one really works for me, you know, contractually, right? And so yeah. it's, you really got to have good people skills and you got to really build those relationships. And so yeah. and plus it's a lot more fun whenever <laughs> you, you build those good, you know, you can build a friendship out of it. Yeah. You can pick up the phone and laugh and all right, let's get to business real quick and then go back <laughs> to shooting the, shooting the shit. So yeah, well said. Uh, last one of 22 hacks uh, for young construction professionals uh, have fun. Uh, we get to build some pretty cool stuff. Enjoy it. I love that. So it's a it's a super stressful industry, right? No one's going to argue it's not. You know, there's never enough time. There's never enough money. Uh, there's never enough anything. But when you take a step back and you kind of look at what you're doing, like you're building something cool. I mean, maybe it's, you know, maybe you're not building the Taj Mahal, but you're building maybe a school, right? And you can really see what this thing you're building is going to serve, right? Maybe you're building an elementary school and you can think like, man, there's going to be a whole bunch of children that come through this thing. Yeah, and that's kind of a you kind of start getting a sense of pride, you know. Yeah. Start looking at it that way. 
that's key because like you said, when you're in those tough moments where you're just like, man, you want to throw your iPhone against the wall and smash it. Um, <laughs> and you remember, <laughs> all right, you know, let me step, let me get up to the 30,000 foot view here and all right. Yeah. This is pretty cool what we do. And you know, it gets you through those tough moments. So it's cool. You really, you really think about what it takes. I mean, it's amazing that construction projects that were actually in successfully. Just all the you think about all the moving pieces they got to come together. Yeah, and, but they all do. Um, I mean, sometimes they end up in lawsuits and stuff. But you know, but in general, like it's amazing that like all this actually comes together. You get all these yeah. people with different interests, right? And they have different motivations to all come together, work together to build something. Yeah. And so that's that's a it's pretty cool to be a part of that process. It is. It is. Well, cool, man. That wraps up the 22 hacks, which is this key. And I can link it up in show notes and, and make it linkable so we can go find the original post um, on your LinkedIn. But as an ending and conclusion, where can the audience find you and, and learn more about, about your work, about what you're doing? Uh, maybe check out the newsletter. Where should we go? The best place to probably find me is on LinkedIn. Um I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, my name is Matt Graves PMP uh, on there. I think there's a million Matt Graves in the world. So that kind of sets me apart. It's like, I think I'm the only Matt Graves with a PMP on LinkedIn. Maybe yeah. I don't, I'm going to say that somebody's going to put me wrong. Right. But anyway, find me under that. The newsletter, uh, like you said earlier, run through Substack. It's uh it's construction yeti.substack.com. Mm-hmm. Um, sends out every Saturday, Saturday morning. Um, and then launching, uh, real soon, we're going to be launching a podcast through that as well. So we're, uh, doubling down. It's, it's, it's been fun and cool. So I, I can't wait, uh, to see more of that. And it's been a pleasure watching your creator journey go on and, uh, it's been keeping me motivated and stuff. So appreciate that and, and keep, keep the content coming. I really like your, I really admire your messaging and I, I, f- I think you do it really eloquently and funny and. And like, I don't know, it's just cool. I can't do that, you know? So. <laughs> I try to make it fun because, I mean, too many people have, you know, no one wants to read a, a textbook, right? Or another or a white paper article. Yeah. And so, especially, you know, our generation or the younger generation, like no one has an attention span for that. And so yeah. it's full of memes and gifts and stupid jokes and... Um, <laughs> They're good. Though. To... <laughs> so... That's the that was the thesis of it. Try to make it fun and enter, entertaining and informational all at the same time. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Um, we'll wrap that up and and uh, let's do this again. Let's do a round two in the future. Yeah, and, man. Uh, you have to come yeah. on to our podcast when we get it rolling here soon. Yes, yes. I would love I'd love to chat about uh, influential project management and and leadership and stuff like that. So, have good content too. I love your Substack. So you have to come. Tell us all about it. Awesome.